Next on BYU Sports Nation, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back? Sports Illustrated's Joe Neeson joins us to talk Taysom and Liz Frank, and we'll dive into an interview with BYU swimmer Peyton Sorensen. Plus, Brendan Lund crushes it in the minors, and Daniel Summerhays finishes top 10 at the U.S. Open. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Let's do this. BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, June 20th. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside Jason Born Identity Shepard. <laughs> When does it, it comes out next month, right? Next month, yeah. Can I wait for that? Five weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on watching the trilogy leading up to that. You do that with all the movies, though, right? You you have to have like all, a refresher many, course, yeah. like like the big ones. I like the refresher course. Like before, I see Finding Dory. I want to watch Finding Nemo, right? Yeah, that's what my kids did. Yeah, yeah. We and went, you, you saw it. We did. We went and it was saw good, Finding right? Dory. It was great I, reviews. I was pleasantly surprised. That's it was great. Very good. That's great. More on that coming up in the segment. What? Hey, and today is the uh, brightest day of the year. People say longest. It's just 24 hours, right? It's not longer. Yeah, the day is not longer. The, 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 the sun, sun is that, up That more. is available is longer. It's not longer. It's brighter. Uh, see, here's my thing. Like, like, a, like, a, like a watch is not fast or slow. It's ahead or behind, right? Yes. Okay. But see, this day, I don't know how you feel. And I, I realize I'm completely in the minority here. I, I, I acknowledge that. I'm fine with it. You look around like no, no. someone's going to affirm me. <laughs> I... I am the guy that likes it when it's dark at like five o'clock. You're that guy. I like that. What do you? Fe- you like February more than I? I, I like it here. when it's like four thirty and the clouds or the, the sun is going over the mountain. What are you a and- farmer? <laughs> I, I told Why you. Do you I like know. This? I know. I'm. In the- I just like it when it's when I'm home at night. I want it to be dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want their. I, no. I, I. You know what I'm saying? I get it to yeah, a certain yeah. degree. I'm that guy. Yeah. I am okay with it being dark at five yeah. o'clock. Okay. Luckily, it's bright, and the summer is bright and brighter because guess what? Phil Steele's magazine is in my hands, and it's awesome. Phil will join us on the show tomorrow. Phil Steele on the show tomorrow. The, gi- the giddiness. Can't wait to consume all of this. The giddiness that went through the pre-show meeting earlier today when Ben Bagley showed that to everybody was It was palpable. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody it was, just like, the, like. It was like we won like Christmas uh, the morning. NBA title. It was like in a game we, seven. Yeah, game seven, which was fantastic. Yes, that was amazing. Was. More, more on that coming up. But first, let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Colton Shaver was named Rawlings third team All American by the American Baseball Coaches Association. Shaver had an RBI yesterday, by the way, for the Wareham Gateman in the Cape Cod League. Yeah, he's a very exclusive summer baseball league, and uh, he's doing well. Brendan Lund, speaking of doing well, went six for eight with Woo! a home run. And two RBI in his first two games for the Orem Owls. First Woo-hoo! two games, he's hitting 750. That's pretty good. That's decent. That's pretty good. They're at Idaho Falls, uh, I believe, for a four-game series I this believe week. you're right. And then Ogden is the uh, – uh, their first home game is against Ogden. So he uh, comes home uh, later this week. The Champaign-Urbana News Gazette. It's in Illinois. Has BYU football ranked 45th in its top 50 college football teams of 2016? Also, the Orlando Sentinel, which is like the fifth best option for BYU sports <laughs> news, apparently, with the football team, ranks BYU 69th in its preseason rankings. 
I have checked to see if the Orlando Sentinel is coming to BYU Football Media Day because they've done all these features and articles on BYU. They have not requested a credential yet. That surprises me. I'm a little surprised. That surprises me. And how about this? Daniel Summerhays finished tied for eighth at two over in the U.S. Open. It was Summerhays' best finish in a major tournament. He's now 55th in the FedEx Cup standings. That, that's, he was an alternate. That's incredible. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Look what he did. That's wild. That's wild. Also wild, what's coming up and trending. So rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Believe Land! Cleveland won its first pro sports title in 52 years. Yeah, nice. I I haven't seen that one, actually. In 52 years last night after the Cavs won in historic fashion, down 3-1, beat Golden State on the road in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. It was a fantastic uh, viewing experience last night. Unless you're a Golden State fan. LeBron James returned to Cleveland, made good on his promise, and Cleveland wins the title. So now we sit here on June 20th thinking, what does this, uh, what's the relation to this situation with BYU Sports, which leads us to the Twitter question. In the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back? Mm. First tweet at pkelly926. It's less of a monkey and more of a big ugly bird with a red jersey on. Is it named Swoop? I might add. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. Cleveland got the monkey off its back, right? Steve Young famously in the Super Bowl uh, in 95 did that against the Chargers. He, he later told us on the show he regretted doing that. But BYU has some monkeys to get off their proverbial bull backs or whatever. So what is it for you, Jason? For me, it's BYU to the Big 12. It's mm. P5 acceptance. Because in my opinion, there's only one scenario that completely alters the trajectory that BYU's on. That's not beating Utah. It's not winning a conference championship in basketball. It's getting into a P5 conference. Hmm. That's the big monkey on BYU's back. College athletics becoming more and more about the haves and the have-nots. And BYU financially is sound. But the financial gap is widening. BYU's in a good shape. But the people that they're going up against are beginning to widen that gap financially. And and we know that there's another round, maybe even more than one round, of conference realignment coming. And BYU has to place itself right in the crosshairs. And the most realistic option for BYU is the Big 12. So in my opinion, solidifying its place among the P5 conferences is BYU's biggest hurdle or monkey on its back. I, I think that's... The one thing that's still out there. Hmm. I, I think that's pretty valid. Although you can't control whether you get into a Power 5 or not. So I tend to not worry about stuff I can't control. That's all I worry about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense then for your answer. The, that is all I stress over. The monkey that's on BYU's back that I think they can control, uh, that they need to uh, get off and shed, is Utah. It's Utah in football. Five in a row? Five in a row? What? The bowl loss. Kalani Satake now adds a wrinkle to that, having been at Utah. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams have one final shot at Utah. And I don't want BYU to beat Utah. I want them to handily beat Utah, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 20. It's been 20 years since BYU beat Utah by more than one score. By more than one score. I don't just want to win the game. I want to win by more than one score. It's been 20 years. The 96 team, which we will celebrate and have a lot of fun with on BYU Football Media Day coming up on June 30th. 
Now, others in the conversation here. Men's basketball beating Gonzaga in Vegas. They have the beat them in Spokane down. Check, check, the last two years. Men's hoops winning a WCC title, regular or tournament. And men's volleyball winning the national title. Baseball getting to a regional. These, these are just some of the thoughts. Someone, someone tweeted in, and I hope we find it, uh, <laughs> getting Nickelback to come to <laughs> Stadium of Fire. <laughs> That's been the biggest monkey on the back of the OU. <laughs> That's the best one so far. Uh, Early elite tweet. Elite tweet of the day nominee for sure. Yeah. I, but I, I think it's Utah. I, I think beating Utah, you need to beat Utah. Come I, on. I, look, Come on. I completely understand the importance. And trust me, I was surprised I didn't go that direction Yeah, yeah too. what the heck, man? Trust me, that surprised me. But P5 inclusion is not something that just – beating Utah, that's football that we're talking about. Getting into the to the Big Twelve where a P five conference affects every sport. No, I feel you. It, I, it's I, for me. It's it's huge, which is why it's so big. That how about we go with a second stat of the day? It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day: two point six four billion over the six year media rights deal with ESPN and Fox. The Big Ten. It was announced earlier today will make $2.64 billion. So there's like a dollar per every person in <laughs> India for the Big Ten or something. So ESPN jumps back in on the Big Ten. They're, they're giving them the money. Yeah. So between ESPN and Fox, over the six-year media rights, the Big Ten is going to earn $2.64 billion. You cannot tell me the Big 12 doesn't look at that and say, yep, yep, we're going we're gonna to need to compete with that. Well, then Expansion, do, then do bring something. BYU in, <laughs> it's <something>. all happening. <laughs> it is. Monkey comes off the back. It yeah I I feel like monkey on your back is something you can control. No, right? I understand that. Yeah. I get it. But you're right though. It does change the trajectory of BYU athletics for the future. Abs- absolutely, and it changes it, every. It, it's it's like, not just football. It's like, every sport. You know, what we should ask is it is this if if BYU never beat Utah again in football, but they were invited to the Big Twelve, would you take that? Would you take that? Done, done. Me too. Done. I would take that in a second. Because it's bigger than Utah. As Utah has shown in the Pac-12 that it's bigger than BYU, right? Here's Conference th- affiliation greater than any one opponent. Here's the other thing. BYU's not Utah. What? You, beating <laughs> BYU is what Utah cares about. That's not what B- BYU doesn't need to turn into that. They don't need to be That's that. That's what it is, though. That's what it is That's right what, now. They don't need yeah. to be that. Yeah. That, that's Utah's. You hope, Let them worry about that. You hope to be bigger than that. But when you lose five in a row... Hey, it that, that it, it hurts. That hurts. It yeah. hurts. Yeah. In the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Jason Wallace, twenty three. <laughs> Easily, men's volleyball been dominant to to uh, been dominant to long to have no title since two thousand four. I'm reading it verbatim. Sean Olmstead would agree with me. Ask him. Yeah, men's volleyball, that's been frustrating. They've been too good to not win one. That's not my number one, though, but it's on there for sure. Uh, at Justin D. Sweeney says, P5 status. Ooh, he's a shepherd guy. They deserve it, but continue to be denied when conferences expand. They, yeah, there's only been, what, two waves, and BYU's not been involved um, yet, so I don't know that they've been totally denied. But will they be denied, denied. against Arizona on September 3rd? Countdown to the Wildcats. 75. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> that was so bad. That was You were so trying bad. to get 75 days in 70, there? 75. You're yes. right. You're right. One more time. Hit it. 
countdown to the Wildcats. 75 Okay, days. Be- better. Well, listen, we've got a certain amount of reps, and we've got to do it right, okay? 75 days. This is a, this is a somewhat significant number, right? Yeah, abs- hey, anything under a – let's be honest. Anything under a hundy? I was going to say anything – when the countdown starts, it's a big deal, regardless of the number. But what? anything under 100, was it? that's getting it's, – it's clutch time. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's clutch se- time. <laughs> 75 days away. It is clutch time. <laughs> At CB4BYU. Zero Final Four appearances in 28 trips to the big dance. Talking about men's basketball. I am surprised by the amount of Final Four mentions and not conference championships for men's basketball. What, put the – what is it? The, the cart before the horse? The horse before the cart? No, what cart is it? cart before the horse. Cart before the horse, man. See, a cart cannot pull a horse. That's right. But the horse has to pull the cart. And that cart <laughs> is a regular season title. Coming up, Peyton Sorensen of the swim team, and we play what? But first, Joe Neeson of Sports Illustrated joins us next. Will Taysom Hill be ready by the start of the season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Next Thursday is going to be a huge day. Join us on June 30th for our BYU Media Day Supercast. We will have unprecedented coverage on all platforms of BYU Media Day. That includes BYU TV, BYU Radio, BYUtv.org. Roku, Apple TV, Xbox 360. Everywhere. All that stuff. Honestly, just try and find a place that you can't get it. It's going to be tough. It's, it's, going, to be, it's I, going to be awesome. And I'm excited because you're going to be involved as a social media correspondent as well. Social media correspondent. Media chats, live shows. Yeah, basically, when... Because you know Tom Homo will be speaking, Kalani. We got a two-hour special with with you guys for BYU Sports Nation. You and Spencer are going to be doing two hours that day. For people, it, there's obviously going to be something people will pick up on. So things that are trending, I'll be following that stuff and awesome. we'll be able to talk about it. Awesome, it'll be great. Our Twitter question today: In the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back? At I raise my flag. They need to increase the number of signature wins, or maybe beat Utah. So another Utah reference, but hey, plenty of opportunities for uh, signature wins uh, on BYU's schedule this year. And one question surrounding that is, will Taysom Hill be healthy? Will he be effective? With that, we bring in Joan Neeson of Sports Illustrated on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. She produced an article last week uh, with Campus Rush on uh, CampusRush.com about Liz Frank injuries. Joan, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what did you learn about Taysom Hill by doing this article? Because it sounds like you had some pretty good access to him in his recovery for what he hopes to be a, a healthy 2016. Yeah, I got to spend, um, I was out there in in, uh, in Provo for about two days at the end of last month and got to spend you know a good part of one of the days with Taysom. And, but I went into you know the visit with him knowing a lot about the injury. I'd done a fair amount of research. I talked to all the doctors who I cited in the article. So for me, it was more of a let's find out about his injury specifically and kind of who this guy is as a lens into the whole injury and the whole, you know everyone's experiences with it. And um, really just learned what what a competitor he is. It seems like he is one of the you know the fiercest guys out there and really just wants to do anything he can to play. And it w- it was very interesting sort of learning how he's negotiated that really competitive spirit he has with the patience that's necessary with this injury and the fact that it is such a long recovery window and an uncertain recovery window. And that was really fascinating to me. 
as you mentioned, and for those that read the article, clearly you did a lot of research about this. What what was the genesis of this? What's, what prompted you to try and dive into Liz Frank injuries in the history? It's actually been kind of a years-long quest on my behalf, I guess. Um, I used to live in Denver, and I covered the Denver Broncos um, for the Denver Post. And um, I was there in 2013, that their Super Bowl run, when they ended up losing to the Seahawks. And um, Champ Bailey had a list Frank injury, and he elected not to have surgery and went through the rehab, came back for the end of the season, playoff, Super Bowl, but wasn't the same, and then retired soon thereafter. Um, and I got to know Champ pretty well during my time in Denver and just had talked to him off and on about the injury, especially after he retired. He said some things to me just about his foot and how it, he didn't think it would ever be the same and just some really thought-provoking comments from him. And um, I've always been interested in the medical side of the game. I come from a pretty medical family. My dad's a doctor. My mom's a nurse. My grandpa was a doctor. Um, my best friend's a doctor. So always sort of liked that angle. And in talking to some people in the, on the medical side of things, realized, you know, what, what Champ had told me about how complicated the injury was and how uncertain it is and how it can really derail careers. It just started starting to fast, started fascinating me, and I started trying to reach out to some of the, the bigger name doctors who are associated with the injury, which was a, a kind of a longer process. And once I got the doctors I wanted to get, then I figured, all right, let's launch it and do this. So when you look at Taysom Hill, uh, one of the uh, mentions in your article says how Liz Frank injuries have become one of the most feared yet least understood maladies in football. What did you gain understanding uh, with Liz Frank injuries by doing this? So the biggest understanding I think I gained about this was just the fact that diagnoses are on the rise, and it, it's somewhat precipitous over the past 10 to 15 years. However, it's hard to say where that rise is coming from in terms of a lot of it is they're just being better diagnosed, and trainers are better versed. Doctors know more. There's more medical literature out there. Yes, they're also going up in number because of other factors, perhaps shoes, perhaps players you know, increased size, perhaps playing surfaces. But what I really learned was this is an injury that is just becoming better known and better treated as time goes by. That said, it's such an injury that is so different in every athlete that we may never know a precise protocol to the point of what ACL rehab has become for these injuries. It'll never probably get that specific and that easy to lay out when a guy gets the injury. Why is that, Joan? Well, here's how I thought about it after talking to doctors. So if you think about the, an ACL injury, per se. That is one ligament. That's the anterior cruciate ligament. There are a million other knee ligaments that people have surgery on. We've all heard of, you know, different knee, knee surgeries. You, you know, there's MCL in, injuries. There's, you know, meniscus injuries. And all of those have different protocols. So the Lisfranc injury is just one specific part of the foot that gets injured. And so that's the first thing is the Lisfranc has so many different – it's one specific part, but there are so many different ligaments that can be injured. So even though you're saying Lisfranc, there's five different Lisfranc ligaments, and each one has, you know, kind of controls a different toe. So it therefore it depends on which one or ones are injured, and there can be so many different combinations. That's how kind of how I think about it. When, when you hear ACL, it's one specific ligament. This can be two of five, three of five, one of five. It can be a bigger one, a smaller one, and there are so many different combinations out there that I think that's at least from what I learned part of the explanation for it. I think there are a lot of other, you know, factors at play, just how much bones are displaced because these ligaments are hurt. When, when you tear your ACL, your, your bones aren't displaced in your, in your knee or your leg, and I think it differs so much for each person. 
Do you know what, uh, as Joan Neeson of Sports Illustrated joins us, wrote an excellent article on Liz Frank injuries uh, last week. Do you know what uh, ligaments he tore of those five? Taysom Hill, that is. So I do not know off the top of my hand, or off the top of my head, which ones he tore. Um, I know that he tore them, whichever ones he tore, he tore them completely. So some guys don't actually, they don't actually sever. They just get really strained to the point that the bones can still displace themselves, if you understand what I'm saying. You know, they're yeah, yeah, right. loose enough that the bones displace. His were fully torn. Um, I did have that information, but I don't think the, the trainer necessarily wanted me to publish it. That's what sure. I think it was. I saw some of the images um, that they had on, on file there. But um, so in his case, they were completely severed, which is why he was able to go back in and play, which I wrote in the story, because he couldn't have done any further damage, is what they told him, to those ligaments, because once they're completely torn, you know, what, what else can you do to them? Right. So if he strains or I, I don't know what else you can do, as you mentioned, he's not going back in. But because he tears, he, he went back in and just was shot up and then somehow played the third quarter? That's what I was told, and I think it also comes down to sort of a trainer's discretion. I think it, for some trainers, some medical staff, they might say, you know, hey, don't go back in. From what I was told when I was out there in Provo, I think he was allowed to kind of make a decision based on the fact that could this be the end? You know, he, he's a senior. Is he, is he going to hang up his cleats after this? And I think that factored into it a little bit. So obviously it's, it's a decision that's made by multiple people and depends on the training staff. But, yeah, that's how it was explained to me, just because – there was nothing further he could do. Whereas if a guy has sprained it, you know, there's a chance that, okay, he's going to go back out there, pivot wrong again, and completely tear it, and it's going to be even worse. Joan, while, we, while you had mentioned that this injury is, is one of those that's just quirky because there's so many variables that play into it, the prognosis, though, in the piece you wrote, I think one of the doctors you spoke with said, after 15 months, from, from the time you injure it to 15 months later, the chances are extremely high for you to be able to play without any significant decrease in performance. Why do you think that, for something that, that can be so catastrophic, why do you think we're, we're not seeing the numbers decrease when these guys come back? So I think the biggest thing is these numbers we're looking at in a lot of the studies I cited were the guys who had, had the injuries identified pretty quickly on, had surgery with the top Liz Frank surgeon out there, and returned. And a lot of these studies do look at that scenario where, you know, it's identified, you have surgery, you return. And if you're under the care of the right trainers, you are in the right mindset, you want to come back, it can go pretty much to course. There are a lot of other outcomes. That's kind of what I learned. You can have guys who don't have surgery and maybe should have had surgery, but at the time, the decision as to whether you're going to have surgery is, you know, do I want to miss those 15 months? Or, if, you know, if you're Champ Bailey on a Super Bowl run and you're, you're an older guy who might be at the end of his career, you don't want to miss those 15 months. So you play on and then realize, oh, maybe I should have had something. You know, maybe the course of action should have been different. Or, I mean, you look at guys who rush back. That's the other thing. That, you know, the stats that were cited for the 15 months, those are guys who are under a very sort of prescribed course of action where they are not being rushed back to the game. You look at guys who, I, in the story I mentioned, um, you know, a former BYU player, Craig Bills, who's uh, Taysom, Taysom Hill's brother-in-law, who tore at his pro day and um, tried out for an NFL team nine months later, and it didn't go well. He had some stress reactions because he rushed it a little bit. And, of course, that's human nature. But I think, I think the biggest key in all of this is time and giving it the time to heal and knowing that 
that time window they initially give you, it might take longer, and you're going to have to say, okay, I can handle that. I, I was, I thought I'd be back for you know spring ball, but it's going to be, it's going to be training camp, and that's tough for guys to handle. For Taysom specifically, he's one of those college players, and obviously at BYU they're a little older. Uh, he's going to be 26. So in his case specifically, from what you know about this injury and from the people that you've talked to, do you think him being 26 is a help or a hurt? So from what I've been told by multiple doctors, age really isn't a huge determinant in this. I think where age can become a determinant is guys who are maybe nearing the end of whether it's a college career or an NFL career, they don't have the surgery or they, they rush back from the surgery. Um, of course, the older you are, the, you know, the, the longer it takes your body to rebound from injuries. I mean, I'm 28 years old, and I feel like I rebound from things slower than I did five years ago. But um, I'm not even an athlete. But I think in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not a huge, huge discrepancy um, between, you know, if you're 26 versus 22. I think where it gets trickier, honestly, is at the NFL level where you're being paid to play and doctors raise concerns and guys don't want it, teams don't want to give guys a new contract when they're not sure. In this case, he's going to go out there, he's going to play, and it seems like he's right on track to be just fine. Dylan, great insight. We appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for joining us today on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That's Joe Neeson of Sports Illustrated on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Interesting that age you know, shouldn't really matter there, but that's, the, to me, of all the questions going into 2016, the number one thing is, will Taysom Hill be healthy? Because in certain games, Taysom Hill just gives you a chance to win where maybe Tanner Mangum's skill set uh, has a certain limit, right? Like Max Hall and John Beck, I would put in the same category of probably going to give you a good chance to win the game. If Taysom Hill's in the game, you've got a shot in any game. Sounds like if you give it time to heal from what she's talked to people, you're going to be fine. And I want two quarterbacks. Just given the injury, <laughs> I, I, I do. I want both. I want both ready to go. Coming up, Peyton Sorensen of the swim team. But first, we play what? Welcome to a part. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan. Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I noticed you guys got the Game Day t-shirts yesterday. I didn't uh, see one uh, for me today, <laughs> which is uh, fun. Well, we actually have one at, uh, look, I even pointed at it properly. Yeah, yeah I'm taking that one. Uh, that yeah, is a youth small. So even even that's even too small. small for Brian Logan, okay? Oh, if it's too small for Brian, I'm out. <laughs> so Brian's a bigger dude than I am. That's yeah, Brian. For sure. Brian got the white. I got the royal. And yeah, then we yeah, got yeah. The I know. Navy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Not really. Spencer gets nothing. <laughs> <laughs> BYU Media Day is coming up on June 30th. The BYU Sports Nation will be going above and beyond with a two-hour show beginning at noon Eastern time. We'll have interviews with Kalani Sataki, Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, and Jamal Williams. Do not miss it coming up next Thursday. Can't wait. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Colton Shaver was named Rawlings' third-team All-American by the American Baseball Coaches Association. Shaver had an RBI yesterday for the Wareham Gateman in the Cape Cod League. Very nice. I think that's actually how you're supposed to say it. Yeah, that's how they say it in the Cape Cod League. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Brennan Lund is absolutely killing it as he made his way into a professional baseball. Two games in, he's already gone six for eight with a home run and two RBI. Two games batting 750. Wow. Muy bueno. 
The Champaign-Urbana News Gazette, that's a real newspaper in Illinois, has BYU football ranked 45th in its top 50 college football teams of 2016. The Orlando Sentinel, the fifth best home of BYU football (laughs) um, sporting news for the Lakers, ranks BYU 69th. So uh, 24 spots lower in its preseason rankings. Daniel Summerhays. Come on! Did you bring in the Lakers in that? What was that? For the Lakers? Have you not seen that? YouTube video? No, apparently not. Oh, so it's good neighbor stuff. Okay. All right. Daniel Summerhays finished tied for eighth. <laughs> the two dude's on SNL now. In <laughs> the U.S. Open. It was Summerhays' best finish in a major tournament. He's now 55th in the FedEx Cup standings. You know what we missed with Joe Neeson? Um, on we her, really missed a, a big opportunity. We missed the golden nugget. The golden ticket, if you will. The Charlie uh, and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, her Twitter profile says that she's a facial hair enthusiast and cat lady extraordinaire. She's, she's which a, we should have asked about. Which, she's only 28. How can she be cat lady at 28? Yeah. Yeah. Cats with facial hair? Like, I was confused. <laughs> which brings us to our next segment called What? What? On BYU Sports Nation. Here's how it works. We ask each other a question or introduce a topic, and then we uh, figure out a different way how to say the word what, and then we <laughs> describe what we think about said subject. Number one. All right, Jerem. Daniel Summerhays finishes top ten after being an alternate. What? He's an alternate. He barely gets in, and then he's top ten. He was two under going into Sunday, and then he shot four over uh, to finish two over, which was still good top ten. But Daniel Summerhays, former Coug, doing work. Top ten as an alternate. That's fantastic. I love the fact these are those stories. He wasn't even supposed to be there. And look what he did. Yeah. Great story. Fantastic. Number two, the Orlando Sentinel ranks BYU number 69 in its preseason rankings. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Why is the Orlando Sentinel covering BYU like they are? Not that they are bored, man. Honestly. UCF, okay, UCF, they cover UCF, right? Why? They have done a. Tanner Mangum yes, article. Yes, profiled players. Hey, Taysom Hill, I think. They're doing rankings all the time, like BYU rankings. What What is the tie-in? Is it because Mitch Matthews went on his mission to Orlando? Does he know someone? Okay. Is that what it is? <laughs> Mitch Matthews strikes again. And and above all, Elite? with Question all of mark? this coverage of BYU from the Orlando Sentinel, why have they not applied for a credential to next week's media? Yeah, that's weird. But, the, but 69th is way low. What 69th everywhere I've seen BYU in the 40s, like early 50s. 69th? Come on. What? Come on. What? Number three. Brennan Lund is batting 750 after his first two minor league games. What? In the spirit of the minions. <laughs> 750? He's six for eight. He's, he doesn't want to be in Orem very long. I think he's had enough of Utah Valley. He's like, I'm going to ball and I'm going to get out of here. So I can, uh, you know, go to double A or something at some point. That's fantastic. 750. You covered him all season long. Led the WCC in batting average. He's doing work at the next level. That's great. And he's a DH. As a DH, He's been no doing less, this as a he's DH. he's a great center fielder. He's a fantastic center fielder. Speed, I mean, talented, unbelievably. Yeah. And he's doing this as a DH. 756 for eight and a home run in his very first game. And a home run. That's pretty good. Number four. Finding Dory sets the box office record for animated opening weekend, netting $136.2 million. What do you think, Jason? What? I love this movie. Seriously, I love it. I, I totally get it. I love this music. I, here's the deal. I did not go in wanting to like this movie. I was just like in a bad mood. Can t- totally changed my mood. I loved I walked out thinking I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Has there been a bad Pixar? I asked this question. 
Has anyone seen a Pixar and been like, no, come on. Every single Pixar I've seen has been good. Every single one. The vo- I'm telling you. And, and there were parts this of the movie. This music goes for five minutes, by the way. <laughs> the, the, the digital movement has just gone crazy. What do you mean? The, the look of this film, mm. just looking back a couple, even a couple years ago, we thought it was as good as it could ever get. The look of this film digitally, unbelievable. It, it was a really good movie. Uh, not to go, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert, but two thumbs up. But not two, but you just. But did. I just did. Come on, what kind of fish is Dory, by the way? Because the clownfish, that Nemo, mm-hmm. they were purchased, you know, a, a ton of those after oh, yeah, that movie. Yeah. But apparently, this fish is—I don't know if it's endangered, but it's like not healthy to blue have, and yellow. It's the to it's, have them in, uh, you know, like fresh water in I your don't home. Know what? So, so that's like an issue that people are wondering about finding Dory. Like, no, 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 don't buy this fish. Don't buy this fish and, like, take it home. <laughs> yeah. I'm not fish guy, so I'm not going to go buy yeah, any ne- fish. Neither but. am I. We had birds when I was younger. That was a huge mistake. Sorry to birds those that have birds. almost killed me when I was little with my asthma. Oh. My Wait, allergies what? and birds. Kill the music. This is serious. No, no, no. Allergies. The bird allergies for me literally almost killed me when I was little. Bird allergies. Like, I was so allergic to those birds. The parakeet that they put in my yes. room. I could not breathe. I could not breathe. <laughs> you were allergic to birds? Apparently. Apparently. That bird did not last wow. long in our home. We would not have We'd had let Jason, the bird go. Jason Shepard <laughs> on the show. But we're not I could have used, I could have used uh, Joan Neeson, cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> she comes on our show. She's a respectable lady. And here we call her cat well, lady. Well, she put it on her Twitter. It's true. She's it's at, a, I use it as an affectionate term. I know. She's asking for it. She should be Liz Frank lady. Liz. We call her Liz. <laughs> no. You know? Our t- that concludes a riveting version of what? Our Twitter question today. In the spirit of Jason Shepard. Oh, no, that's not it. In the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep them coming at Bleed Cougar Blue. In college football being top 20 ranked for extended period of time to be nationally relevant since independence. Now, that, now, that's an interesting one that has not been brought up yet. BYU has done a good job uh, 2014, you know, got ranked the first couple weeks. Last year, beats Boise State. Uh, lose narrowly to UCLA, but stays ranked. It was nice, but it's in September, and it's just for a couple of weeks. BYU has yet to really get into I think Utah State, it was the first weekend of October, but to maintain a ranking or even get ranked in late October, November would be significant. At uh, Still Team Riley says, getting to the Final Four. We haven't ever done it, but now we have the horses. And I can't remember if we were having this discussion on air or if it was off. But you were like, uh, how about a conference championship before I, all of the Final Four talk? Yes and yes. I said that in the last segment. Now, wait, or two segments ago, the cart before the horse, right? The cart is the regular season or tournament championship for BYU. Do you have to win that to get to the Final Four? The answer is no. But it's rare for you know, a 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 seed to make the Final Four. I know it's happened, but it's rare. And can BYU be Butler? Yes. But guess what? Butler puts itself in a great position with a good seed. And how do you do that? you got to win a ton of games in non-conference. And then if you don't win your league title, you need to be right there. And BYU's, I guess, kind of been right there. But they need to win more, I think, in non-conference play. If is going to get to the Final Four at some point, it's got to be like a sixth seed, in my opinion, or lower. What did BYU do to get to the Sweet 16 with Jimmer? Three, Three seed. seed. Three people. They had lost three or four regular season games. That's it. That's how you do it. Keep the tweets coming. Use the hashtag BYUSN at TNCom86. 
No New Year's Six or BCS bowl games need to get that at some point. To me, that's the peak for BYU football. Well, they're not going to get a BCS bowl game. That's impossible. That's that's never going to happen. But the that New Year's Six is run by the same peeps, basically. Yes. So New Year's Six to me, to me BYU to get into the final uh, for, for the semifinal that would be crazy. So it's New Year's Six. Get into the Big Twelve. P five. <laughs> there it is. Just do it. Come and go five and seven in the Big Twelve. Coming up, the swimmer Peyton Sorensen on his pursuit of the Olympics. In freestyle swimming, what does he need to do to make the Olympics? This is BYU Sports Nation. In the timeline of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode at noon Eastern time, you can catch the rebroadcast on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Coming up next Thursday, June 30th, it is BYU Media Day, and join us for... Our BYU Media Day Supercast will have unprecedented coverage on all platforms. You can check it out on BYU TV, BYU Radio, online, BYUtv.org. We will have you covered all day long. It is the BYU Media Day Supercast. Nice. Nice. Ten days away, baby. Our Twitter question, in the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back at Snow of Utah? Got to win against uh, Power 5 teams, especially in state. That's important given that uh, there are six, six in the first eight games this year. So essentially, though, that's beat Utah. It is a clever. <laughs> it, all, it all comes down to. <laughs> it is a clever way of beating Utah. Of P5 all, in the state. Well, all, there's only one of those. That's true. And uh, Utah State and BYU are jealous. It's absolutely <laughs> true. Let's introduce our next segment, Peyton Sorensen of the swim team. He's going to compete in the 50 and 100 free in Omaha next week at the U.S. Olympic Trials. Peyton, well, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Good to be here. Now, uh, what, let's get your answer to this Twitter question before we dive into uh, you. In the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back, in your opinion? Um, maybe getting them to play us in basketball again. I don't know. But we definitely need to beat them in football. I think that's the biggest Utah. So biggest beat Utah. Thing. Yeah. Go and beat Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you luckily, can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. In fact, you can go right, which is uh, my opinion. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about you and swimming. We were just talking about the mighty Mountain View Toros of Mesa, Arizona. Now, Max Hall, John Beck, and then we're talking about Peyton Dastrup. You swam with Peyton Dastrup yeah. of Men's Hoops, who I believe was on the show, what, Friday? Fr- yeah, the, the, yeah, we're now back-to-back uh, shows of Mountain with View an Toros. in-studio guest from Mountain View named, named Peyton. Peyton. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. What was Peyton Dastrup like as a swimmer? Um, well, we always kind of competed with who was going to be taller. He's a couple years younger than me, and he's he was always a little bit taller than me, so it always mm. bugged me. But I was always better than him at swimming, unfortunately. <laughs> you got him in the swim category. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm 6'5". Six 6'5", five. Six five, okay. And he sprouted, I think, to 6'9". He's still beating me with height. Yeah, maybe 6'10". Yeah, he's 6'10". He said on Friday he's 6'10". Maybe he, Everyone says yeah. he looks a little taller. They have to get out the measuring tape. Yeah, right? which yeah. they're probably doing today, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, now, as a swimmer, I, now, this is, this is one of those times I, I – we have football players on. We have basketball players on, and you know, I didn't, I didn't play collegiate basketball or, or high school basketball or football. I was a high school swimmer, so I feel like you and I are like on the same page here. Uh, <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was. I feel like it's like the pity sport almost. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, of course not. That, that was cross country, and that was for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the deal. I was a freestyle guy. What what are your events? What is the, what are the events that you'll be swimming uh, as you as you go to these Olympic trials? So I'm a sprint freestyler as well. So I'll be swimming in the fifty and hundred freestyle, 
And I was close to getting a 100 backstroke cut, but mm. I don't swim that enough. So That would have been three from BYU, right? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. So 50 and 100, you are, you are the fastest of the fastest, right? When, when did you know that, okay, I'm pretty good at uh, freestyle? Um, like recently or? In, in your life, when were you like, hey, I can, I can swim pretty fast? Well, um, in high school, my freshman year, I swam backstroke. That was my stroke. And then going into my sophomore year, that's when I started getting really fast at freestyle. And my junior and senior year, I won the 50 freestyle. So I was, I was like, okay, I can do this. Started getting more confidence and came back from my mission last June. And the speed never really left me and just kind of stayed there. And I felt good coming into my sophomore year, getting back into it. What's your time? Uh, my best time, short course, is a 19.29. Um, my cut that I got to go to the trials was a 22.8. Hmm. So where do you? So what is your ranking? Where do you rank right now? Um, I'm not sure. I think I'm in the the 40s and the 50. But with the 50, it's very it's very small time increments of how far you can move up. So I'm looking to go a 21 high to mid, hopefully, and where going would, forward. Where would that put you? Uh, well, I know Nathan Adrian has already gone a 21. So if I can get in that ballpark, ballpark I will be able to do really well. So. What does that mean to you to uh, be invited to Omaha to participate in the U.S. Olympic trials? That's pretty cool. It's pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, I've never competed at that level before. Um it's going to be great just to be in that atmosphere because everyone's going to be competing at their best level. There's athletes that have gone multiple years to that now, and I know that they are definitely going to be at the top of their game. So I'm just hoping to stay positive and just go and enjoy the environment. And if I know, I know if I can do that, that I'll be able to do my best race. So, What's a typical practice schedule for you? Because I'm not sure people realize how much time you guys actually spend in the pool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you guys have talked to the other swimmers in here about it. It's pretty It's BYU pretty swim gruesome. nation now, Peyton. It's, <laughs> yeah. We do swimming all the time. It's pretty all. gruesome. Um, we start at 5.30 in the morning, and mm. it's typically two-hour practices, and then we usually have two a days, so another two-hour practice in the afternoon. It's It's brutal. Like, for some reason, I feel like you guys practice more than – anyone else for whatever reason but we we've asked this question to a couple of people are you more comfortable in the water or on land <laughs> i think i'm pretty even yeah yeah i've always <laughs> been pretty good at other sports so i enjoy the opportunity to go play other sports just because it's a nice break from all the practice in the pool um so you but, don't want to go to seven peaks after this with us uh Maybe. That's a different aspect of it. <laughs> I'd enjoy going down some slides and stuff. There you go. See, I remember never getting used to constantly smelling like chlorine. Are, are you used to that? Is that just second nature now? I I'm never used got to used to it. I mean, even on my mission, it probably took me eight months for that smell to go away, probably. <laughs> you can imagine, like, what's that cologne like, you're using? Why do you smell like a pool still? Are you sneaking yeah. off? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, can't, you know you can't swim, right? Like, yeah. it's the one sport, like, you can't do it, right? Uh, Peyton Sorensen of BYU Swimming is on BYU Sports Nation. He'll be in the Olympic Trials next week. My, Michael Phelps will be at the Trials, right? Like he's yeah. all the big people are going to be there. People. Is that is that a situation where you you try and like get a picture with him or something? I don't do know. You, I've never been big you, on that. No, I don't we like get to, one for me then. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> give me, give me like a cardboard cutout of you, and I'll <laughs> yeah, go yeah. stand by. We like, actually Oof. have that. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, we actually, have one yeah, of those. Uh, yeah, it's over there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's exciting or embarrassing, really. Yeah, that's a question that a lot of people have asked about <laughs> that exact uh, cardboard on there. But uh, do you hope to uh, try and like if he's in one of the prelims with you? Would that be something that would be uh, I don't know memorable for you? Or, or well, just, yeah. Do, I don't think he's going to be in, in my events necessarily, but mm. there's I'm hoping to swim against Nathan Adrian mm. and some of the other top 50 freestylers. There you go. What uh, what do you think are realistic expectations for you and, and you know for the other swimmers, the other B-Way swimmers that will be there? What, what's, what are you guys hoping to turn this into? Well, hopefully we'll be able to go and represent the school well, and if... Hopefully some of us will be able to be in the final heats and maybe even make the team and get interviewed from that, and it'll be a positive positive thing for them as an individual and for BYU as a whole. Well, good luck. That's very exciting. Uh, we hope to see you. Uh, I believe those will be streamed at least online. I think NBC does. They televise some of it as well, so yeah. we'll, uh, we'll pump that out next week. If you don't mind, sign the, the Rise Up flag behind us. There and then uh, we'll give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Try and get 21, like you mentioned. Peyton Sorensen, he'll be in the uh, U.S. Olympic Trials next week. Several Cougars in that. That's exciting. It'll be, yeah, it'll be fun to see how everybody yeah. does. It'd be awesome if someone qualified for the Olympics, but to me, just getting to the trials is pretty good, especially, what, a year off your mission, you said? Uh-huh. A year off his mission. It's going to be in the U.S. Olympic Trials. Awesome. Coming up, how did Taylor Sander and Team USA do in men's volleyball in Rio over the weekend? Plus, men's soccer gets another win. It's all in the Cougar Whip Round on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Colton Shaver was named Rawlings third team All American by the American Baseball Coaches Association. Shaver had an RBI yesterday for the Wareham Gateman of the Cape Cod League. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lund is doing work. He went six for eight with a home run and two RBIs in his first two games for the Orem Owls. Woohoo! Football. The Champaign-Urbana News-Gazette in Illinois has BYU football ranked 45th in its top 50 college football teams of 2016. The Orlando Sentinel ranks BYU 69th in its preseason rankings. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished tied for 8th at 2 over in the U.S. Open. He was Summerhays' best finish in a major tournament. Someone shoot that turkey. And he is now 55th in the FedEx Cup standings. Back to hole Volleyball. 3 with Jason. USA Volleyball went 2-1 over the weekend in World League play at Brazil. The team will head to Rome to compete in three matches this win weekend. Rome. Win in Rome. Casey Patterson of USA Beach Volleyball finished fourth in the World Tour Grand Slam in Poland. Congratulations. Soccer. The men's team beat Burlingame Dragons FC 1-0 on Saturday. The team's currently second in the Central Pacific Division of the PDL. And BYU Sports Nation has learned that Kyle Collinsworth will work out for the Sacramento Kings today, and the New York Knicks are flying him out to work uh, out in front of Phil Jackson and the staff tomorrow. So Kyle Collinsworth, right before the draft, getting some good workouts. Now, Phil Jackson, Jeff Hornacek saying, you know what, let's yeah, take a look yeah, at uh, bring him in, let's baby. Take a look at Kyle Collinsworth. Bring him in, baby. More on that tomorrow. Future hey. guest, 
The NBA draft is Thursday. It's, it, Thursday. it's like it's all coming to a head right now. Will he be drafted? We'll discuss that coming up this week. Future guest, Phil Steele. I've got his magazine. I'm about to devour it after the show. And Blaine Fowler will join us. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Let's give it to Brendan Lund. We're doing work. Six for eight for the Ormals in his first two games. Two games, batting 750, a home run in his first minor league appearance. Now that's fantastic. The only problem is he was drafted by the Angels. It's not the Mariners. That's kind of the only con I so see in that entire he thing. He will be uh, wreaking havoc against your team in a couple years then. Hopefully not. But for his sake, yes. But not for my <laughs> sake, No. I feel like Michael Scott twisting into a logical blind here. And it's his favorite team. He was drafted by his now favorite that, team. See, I cannot get over cool. it. That's that cool. is cool. That yeah. would be like you getting drafted by the Mariners. That would be Or cool. me getting drafted by the Cardinals. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. You like a team that's red. Just saying. Our Twitter question. In the spirit of Cleveland getting a title, what's the biggest monkey on BYU's back? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At S-R-R-A-S. No conference championship in men's basketball since joining the WCC. I would have expected multiple by now. That's where I point, too. After Utah, I go, wait a minute, winning a conference title. You're hey, too good at men's basketball not to have a conference title I, yet. I, I understand. At JMG Coogman, easy dot dot dot, gain what is now referred to as full inclusion in the P5. Full he inclusion. He, he doesn't want the next power step. five inclusion. No, no, no. We can't get picky, okay? <laughs> Just get in. Yes, yes. My, listen, minor get, inclusion would be a victory. Get the foot in the door. Yes, that's all, that's all you need. Although that hurts. At ST Utah, top five in order. Beat Utah, New Year's Bowl, WCC basketball title, Final Four, baseball NCAA regional. I think you covered just about everything in that. Well played. <laughs> in that tweet. You've got it all covered. The elite tweet of the day. At BYU LASF Jazz. Our kicker, Johnny Linhan, not scoring a touchdown yet. How is this the elite tweet? <laughs> it's pretty good. And by the way, if you're not following Johnny Linehan on Twitter, oh, you on. are missing out big time. Child, please. Absolutely. Thanks to our guests today, Joe Neeson, Peyton Sorensen, and everybody on the crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com, audio podcasts on iTunes, and the TuneIn app for Jason. I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Austin Nielsen. We'll be back tomorrow. You know who's on the show tomorrow? Bill Steele! And he will know everything in this book, speaking of Jerem, because he will read it all right now. (laughs) Or as Spencer would call him, Bill Steele. (laughs) That's BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Peace out!